0: Hey, OT Geniuses, my name is Jessica Lopez Hermantin, and I am the creator and founder of OT Genius, and you're listening to Pre-OT Secrets. On this show, we talk about how to get into occupational therapy school, how to do it in the most financially savvy way. And we also dive into the stories of pre-OTs, current OT professionals and students, To learn how they got in and what their experiences were like and so we're here to inspire motivate and encourage you throughout your ot journey and show you how you can be a successful ot school applicant and become the ot that you want to be now on to the show Hello, OT geniuses, and welcome to another episode on the Pre-OT Secrets Podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. Alondra T. And right now you are listening to a very special series. We were talking about different settings within OT. And one of the things that Alondra has done is she has worked in hypotherapy. So she currently is getting her PhD in occupational therapy. And so right now that is one of the things that she's focusing on, but one of her loves and one of her passions is hypotherapy, which is why. I decided to invite her on and I'm just really excited to just hear more about that experience, about her working in the hypotherapy setting and just learning how she got into that. So guys, you want to tune into this one, all right? It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So Alondra, welcome. Welcome. How are you today? Thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited. I love talking about you know, OT, using hippotherapy and speaking to other people and sharing my knowledge and love for horses and everything. So, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. No, thank you for just being with us. So, why don't you a little bit about your journey as a pre-occupational student? Like, what led you into occupational therapy in the first place?
1: Yeah. So initially I thought I was going to school undergrad for to become a physical therapist. I think, <laughs> you know, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a well-known discipline. I knew a little bit more about that. I had never heard about occupational therapy until undergrad actually. And so that was sort of my first introduction to occupational therapy was during undergrad and I still didn't know what it was. So I thought I still wanted to do physical therapy, but You know, there was just kind of something missing with physical therapy. I think it was, I just wanted to do more with my clients, have a more holistic approach in their rehabilitation process. And I felt like PT wasn't necessarily in line with what I wanted to do. But it wasn't until I had a family member who became really ill and going to visit them in the ICU, I was just thinking, you know, how are they going to? go back home. This person lives alone. They don't have any children. How are they going to brush their hair, get out of bed, go to the bathroom, cook, you know, clean. And so I revisited, you know, some of those rehab professions and who would be the one to help them get back to some level of independence. And that's how I discovered occupational therapy. And from there, I just never, I never turned back. Like that was it. I was like, finally, how come no one ever told me about OT in this way? Yeah. So then I went to school at Samuel Merritt University in Oakland, and I got my master's in OT.
0: Very, very cool. Very cool. That's just what I love about your story is just that it's personal. And I encourage a lot of students to use their stories because they always ask me, oh, what's going to allow me to stand out? Well, how can I stand out as a pre-OT? And what I tell them all the time, too, is that their story is their perspective is what's going to allow them to stand out because you can have two students that maybe go through a same circumstance, but the way that they view it and the way that they experienced it is so different. And if they just communicated in a, in a certain way that shows that they are a good fit for the profession and whatnot, then all of that stuff helps, but there's just something too about taking something that's personal to you and just letting that fuel your fire and your passion for it. And I think it just even allows you to be a better OT. So, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think like if any student listening has something that like, let that be your fuel for wanting to not necessarily even just get into this profession, but want to do something about it. Cause there's obviously something in your story about having somebody that is like, either affected by a disability or some trauma of some sort that, you know, it made you question these things and so that's what brought you to occupational therapy and I think that's really neat.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, I I think for me too is that I'm I naturally like to take care of people and it's part of something that brings me joy but also it fills my cup, you know, and so I wanted to get into a medical profession where I could help others because I knew that about myself. But when I found occupational therapy, it fills my cup in a different way in the sense that I really get to spend time with my clients. I really get to know them. And I like what you said about using your experiences, especially for students as sort of a motivator. But even like, you know, when you're writing your essays to get into OT school, you know, that was part of the story that I sort of added into that and sort of letting that be not Uh, using that sort of like as a catalyst to want to be in the profession, but then also what did I do with that? Exactly. You know, like, okay, I had this experience with my family member. It motivated me to pursue a degree in OT. And this is what I did. I went to, you know, I did my shadowing hours and prerequisites so that I could, you know, Get my it, degree in OT.
0: It just made your Y O T that much stronger. Right. You know? Right. And so, yeah. and that's what I think, you know, a lot of like, I don't even want to just say universities, but even OTs want to see, you know, there's, we want to see people who are passionate about the profession and going to drive it forward and actually be the catalyst for changes that we do need within healthcare and our profession itself. So it just starts with, with a passion. And so I, if you're able to display that essay and stuff like, yeah, use your experiences to your advantage guys. So I just, I appreciate you sharing that. And and what led you to hippotherapy how did that come about yes
1: yeah, so i am a huge animal lover i mean like growing up as a kid we always had some animal in the house i mean from <laughs> squirrel duck ferret cat dog mice birds like we went to I love um, it. <laughs> uh, we went to el salvador one time when we were on vacation and there was a cow that got moose And we were like, can we keep it? I mean, we were just like, we're just huge animal lovers. So, you know, when I was in OT school, I was just curious if there was a way to integrate animals into our profession and what did that look like? And that's how I found equine assisted therapy. And, you know, I did some research and I was like, oh, okay, it looks like this is something that you need, you know, some clinical training and advanced certification. So I'm going to just work. When I first get out of school, get the experience, and then go back to this. So my first job I was school based. And when I was in an IEP meeting, actually, a mother was like, you know what? My son's occupational therapist just quit. And she's at the equine assisted facility. And you should look into that. And, you know, they need somebody. (laughs) and, And I don't want him to stop getting on the horses. And I was like, you know, I'm working right now in the school base, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I just, you know, I Googled them, I found them. I was like, oh my gosh, these guys, this facility is literally down the street, which I would never think in Silicon Valley. I just, I don't know. I just never thought that horses were that close to where I'm at. And all I did was reach out. I sent an email just asking what the requirements were. And the therapy program director was like, you should come and take a look and I'll schedule you for an interview this day. And so I think it's very non-traditional in how I got hired. I think it was like by chance <laughs> because it all just started happening and I would go and observe and shadow and just to get a sense of that was something that I really wanted to do.
0: I am so sorry to interrupt you, but I. Yeah, no, 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 know now. I just have to know. You said that you were shadowing and that you were just trying to learn more about it. Were yeah. and so you are already an occupational therapist at this yes. point. Yeah. I just okay. If you're listening in, if you're a student, pre-OT, okay, guys. Just because you're an OT does not mean you stop shadowing. It does not mean that you stop (laughs) learning. It does not mean that you got your observation hours for OT school and that's it. Okay. I am so glad that you pointed that out. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to take an opportunity then to like, you know, so on in May, we, I don't remember when in May, though. I'm going to have to check the calendar. I just know that we've already established a date. But in May, I'm going to have the body image OT doing virtual observation hours for the pre-OT. So if you're a current OT student and you want to know how, for example, you can work with that population and work with people that have issues with eating disorders and wellness and body image issues. you want to tend to that one? There's so many things we could do with this degree. Hippotherapy or working with horses is just one of them. So get as much exposure as you can. And so I, I'm sorry for interrupting. I just got excited when you said, <laughs> yeah, I'm an occupational therapist and I st- and I was actually still observing. <laughs> so
1: Very much so. (laughs) I mean, especially in this setting, right? Like it's so non-traditional. So you can't just go in there and say, oh, okay, I love horses. I'm going to go work in this setting. No, you really have to take so many different things into consideration. Are you comfortable walking in on uneven surfaces? Are you comfortable being standing next to a horse and walking around for 30 minutes, sometimes an hour? You know, are you comfortable sort of directing or orchestrating your session? And there's like Four people in the session, you know, your client, two sidewalkers, the horse handler, like, and are you comfortable, you know, reading the horse's body language and picking up on their behavioral cues? Like there's so much going on that it's not a setting that you want to just jump into without really getting a sense of, you know, is this something that I want to do? Is this something that I want to be around? You know, and even, even things that we don't even think about, like some people have pretty severe allergies, you know, this Mm. might, that may not be the setting for you. And so, yeah, so shadowing was a non-negotiable. And I think honestly, for anyone who's ever hired, they all did shadowing actually, whether they had experience or not, because we want to make sure that they have the endurance. This is something they can, you know, do, they feel comfortable with. So yeah, that doesn't stop. Definitely doesn't stop.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. So, Alondra, I would love to have you back on another episode to just continue this conversation about hypotherapy and learn so much more about it. So if you enjoyed just this teaser, basically, about what it is and you want to learn a little bit more, you want to listen it into part two. But before we cut this part off here, do you have any words of wisdom for students listening into the show?
1: Yes, I think don't be afraid to just ask questions, and you never know where it's going to take you. So if you are interested in something, just reach out and ask because you never know what they're gonna say and and that's all I did. All I did was ask, and you know I ended up working in this setting for two and a half years, so but that wouldn't have happened if i if I didn't ask, so don't be intimidated by the years of experience you have or any experience you have in that setting, if it's something that you want to do, just ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we just can easily get our heads and just think, well, they're not going to say yes to me. Or are they really going to even take me? Or like, what? I don't have the years of experience that this particular job is requiring or even the training, right? Like, you know, you may not have the certification for whatever setting, in this case, it's right. hypotherapy, but they can say, you know what? We will train you you know yeah, we and
1: that's and, exactly and, what happened
0: mm-hmm. so just thank you so much for sharing that and yeah. uh we appreciate those words there uh, take notes guys <laughs> <laughs> and i will see you in the next one thank you so much Al-
1: yes you're very welcome
0: Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your day to listen. We hope that this has been of value to you and will get you one step closer towards becoming the OT that you want to be. One of the biggest problems I see is that pre-OTs They try to do things alone. They do things in isolation and the connections that they have are minimal for many reasons. But we are changing that here at OT Genius and focusing instead on building a community for pre-OTs for them to have their first OT family and meet other pre-OTs, current OT students and clinicians. To be a part of that awesome community, you can subscribe to our membership by going to otgenius.com. Just go to the tab, get me into OT school on the homepage and you can join our awesome community there. You can also find our social medias and ways to get in touch with us on the website. So thank you again and see you in the next one.